1: Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
2: Loaded up on the program today. A couple of clips from... Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren looking back on the LSU game. Then we'll put a bow on that one. Looking forward to Tennessee, Alabama, ESPN, social media mayhem ensues. We'll get into that. It's crazy. And also uh, address a lot of the things that we were going to get to yesterday, but you had the Jalen McCullough arrest. So that kind of hijacked the show. But at least we didn't get punched in the mouth. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Good morning, Amanda. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. How are you? I'm
2: well. I'm well. I'm uh, yeah. Um, so uh, th- there's this, this ESPN controversy that uh, they apparently took down all of their social media tweets that they were going to be in Knoxville this weekend. So I don't know if you saw this, but everybody panicked. Britney saying, by the way, Britney is just incredible. And I'm going to tell you why later in the show. Britney says people were freaking out about that. Looks like it was just a copyright issue with the music. So apparently they did. And unfortunately, Amanda and I know a little bit more about copyrighted music than we originally ever dreamed of wanting to. And yeah, that's why you you'll hear this from time to time. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? Because you can play clips. So you'll hear that this is. It's not the actual Zeppelin song. So, see, so we've learned a lot about copyright issues, and apparently Kirk Herbstreet has as well. So, with copyright issues, uh, somebody
3: from ESPN did.
2: Yeah. So, all of those tweets had to be taken down. So, it's apparently a copyright issue. You can read more about it on offthehooksports.com. So, everybody's still coming. Everything's cool, Uh, everything's kosher. The balls are going to show up, and so is ESPN, and so is SEC Nation. So only the fourth time in a regular season game that both will be there. And at a regular season game, ESPN Nation and College Game Day will be there. So they usually split those things up. So, I mean, I want to go back to a conversation we had. You said that the Big Ten was better off in their TV deal with Fox and CBS. I think you're seeing the ESPN machine and you and I have discussed privately issues with their politics. I had issues with them as an employer, but they, they still carry an awful lot of weight. I don't see social media being a buzz about where Fox sports is going to be, but I'm not in those big 10 circles. So maybe I'm wrong. I think
3: it's, I mean, not it's not really where Fox, you know, Fox is gonna be or or whoever's gonna be. It's what's the best game? I mean, really, what's the best game? And and hands down, this is the best game. I know we have Ohio State and Penn State, but really, that is just waiting for the shoe to drop on CJ Stroud's Heisman campaign. Let's not be on. I mean, let's be honest here. That's what we're all tuned in to watch. Do I think Penn State's gonna Upset Ohio State? No, I don't think anyone really feels that way, but I do feel like we're gonna watch CJ Stroud go Meh, in the Heisman race because it's he's playing, he's actually playing someone.
4: Um
2: yeah, so I mean we'll see. Right now he's like a 60% has a 60% chance of winning the Heisman, which seems insane to me. So like subscribe and share, comment below and more and more people can become aware of what we do every weekday at 8:30. Brittany said someone on their social media team probably got an earful um at ESPN. Yes. I can I would imagine that was the case. In turn And even Tennessee has responded by and and really, they not only deleted all the tweets, but they kind of just went dark. So for a few hours, everybody's wondering, is something happened? And so Kirk Herbstreit took it to himself to to tweet out that, hey, we will be there. ESPN College Game Day will be there. So everything's fine. But. I mean, I don't know why ESPN didn't delete the tweets and then tweet something else out that didn't have copyright issues. Like, I, I can't figure that out. But, uh, you like, do
3: it at two o'clock in the morning.
2: That's a good point. I, I don't, I, again, I don't know what the copyright issues are, but you know, you would think ESPN would have that figured out. There's probably somebody making well into the six digits that's in charge of things like that. And you really don't want to mess that up. I don't know. Maybe they let an intern do it. There is that period where you, you give an intern a little bit more uh, room to grow and a little bit more responsibility. It doesn't always go well. I had one intern that I took with me to Bristol Motor Speedway. And I was covering the race there for the new Sentinel. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll be there around 10.00 there was no hard set time and it was the Friday before when they're doing the practice. And so I sent, I, I sent him up there and I said, uh, Hey, you can go ahead and get a fill for the place, but I'll be there around 10 or 10 So he got there at nine forty five cause he's a go getter. You would know who he is. And he, uh, he texted me. He said, Hey, are you almost here? And I said, yeah, I'm about there. Why? What's up? And he goes, this is insane. I almost just peed down my pants. <laughs> So maybe if you've you've been in the infield of Bristol Uh,
3: all the time,
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, if you haven't been if you haven't been, I mean, there's zero room. You almost get hit by a car going 35 miles an hour pretty much every five minutes. So if you don't know where to go, he was, let's just say, very, very nervous and scared and openly honest about the fact that he was in over his head. So I was like, dude, I'll be right there. And so maybe this ESPN social media guy, maybe he he got a little much, and it was a little too much. So let's get to the down and dirty at thirty. It's brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. Why thirty? Because we start each and every show weekdays at eight thirty Eastern time. So wherever you're listening, we love for you to take part live. But if you're listening and recorded, that's where we are. So set your clock and your reminders because we love visiting with you and the down and dirty at 30 is brought to you by honeybee coffee tell me about honeybee coffee amanda it's just darn good how simple is that
3: i mean it's it is really good coffee it's but it's made with the five you know top five percent of beans in in the world not even like just the nation in the world so it says a lot to what they're doing at honeybee especially you know when you can't get good products or you can't get homemade stuff or you know you can't get anything local honeybee is the place to go for coffee
2: it is absolutely fantastic i love it uh we will have a try it again tuesday as well coming up and i've already got mine selected uh tennessee coach josh heupel addressed two absences right after we went off the air yesterday that occurred during the lsu game during his weekly uh, press conference on monday Talking about Gerald Mincy just said he wasn't available. Now, that opened the door kind of – I don't think he meant to say it like this. I don't think he wanted to say it was a left shoulder, right knee, or whatever. I think he just wanted to, to say he wasn't available. And he was a little bit I – th- I thought maybe vague on purpose. I think it was vague just to cover up what injury, what ailment that Mincy might have. Because I was told by a Tennessee, uh, Tennessee uh, representative – that it was injury-related. But the way he said it made me wonder a little bit, to be honest with you, if if perhaps uh, there was some sort of suspension at hand. So I don't think that's the case. Uh, so that looks like an injury. And I thought that um, the entire press conference was a, a little bit more tense, and I'm sure part of that was the Jalen McCullough arrest on Sunday. But he also – I think is, you have a little, a little stressed maybe about uh, Alabama, and uh, Caleb and I theorized that maybe he didn't have the greatest practice. I mean, that is still a thing. That still affects how coaches are and how they react after practice. So uh, Tennessee would like to have Cedric Tillman back for the Alabama game, uh, preseason All-SEC second-team receiver. He was very open, Josh Heupel was, but that was the goal. That's why they did the tightrope surgery was not to get him back for LSU. Man, it was to get him back for uh, it was to get him back for the Alabama game. And ultimately it's going to in this day and age of people skipping bowl games and all that stuff to look out for themselves. Tillman did tweet over the weekend, he loves his team. So I think Tillman's going to do everything he can to come back. It will be right out of month and we saw Tua Tagovailoa come back from the top rope surgery. If you made me bet a mortgage payment today, Amanda, I say that he plays.
3: I say that he plays too. And I think it's gonna be a, a big it's gonna be a big upside for Tennessee because that, you know, as we said, Alabama does play the bend, don't break type defense. So they for the most part, unless you turn the ball over four times, they keep you out of the end zone throwing. Like, you don't throw – wide receivers don't catch touchdowns. It's mainly, you know, running, especially in the first four games. They they held wide receivers to zero touchdowns. So, with that being said, this is going to – might be the actual – adding Cedric Tillman might be the way that Alabama stops bending and just breaks because you have Brew McCoy, Jalen Hyatt, you have Cedric Tillman. This is going to be the best wide receiving, you know – wide receiving group that Alabama seen this year. Hands uh,
2: down. And, well, and with this group in particular, you talk about the bend, but don't break. So the idea is not to break in the red zone. These are big receivers, not to say Alabama's small, but you know, at the five, you can throw jump balls to these guys. These aren't like little, little dudes that are scurry around and make long plays and then uh, stall in, in the red zone. So I don't think that's going to happen. So some more news from yesterday, um, as I lost my screen. All right. So uh, Tennessee's football uh, team is just, um, I just think they're in a bad spot with their secondary. It's not to say they can't overcome it, but um, you know, you have the Jalen McCullough arrest already the Warren Burrell out for the season. I think this is going to have to be a really, really aggressive uh, defense up front. And you saw a lot of that against LSU. So it's very doable. But if they're not able to do that, Amanda, then I, I don't see Tennessee secondary suddenly going from below average to even above average or good. I think they're going to have to get pretty fortunate there up front, making some things happen, uh, pressuring whoever the quarterback, quarterback might be for Alabama. I did get a little bit of a tip that the sense is at Alabama that Bryce Young will play on Saturday. That's not reporting anything. I don't know, but I'm just telling you that somebody told me close to Alabama they sense that he will play on Saturday. The sense. But, Amanda, you were actually at the A&M game. He was, so, uh, he was announced as a starter, right? Yes. Was he announced over the PA? I don't know what they did in the press box, but was he announced? Yeah. Over- I
3: actually have um, the video from it. and Because I took a video of people just going nuts when he was announced because – as you know, every school does, they do the starting on, you know, our defensive starters and they give you their position they give you their, you know, name and the picture and they do the little, you know, whatever pose. Well, they did all of that. And then they went to the offensive side and they waited until the very last person. And they announced Bryce Young as the starter. And I know I went to Twitter and said, uh, apparently Bryce Young is playing he is announced in the starting lineup and just caught all kinds of you know what from people but it was announced I was in the like literally in the stadium I took a video of it they announced that Bryce Young was starting the game so
2: I guess that's some gamesmanship um, uh, Chris saying is Dave or Hendon the better hooker well Hendon's more expensive like, subscribe, and share, I can tell you that. He's,
3: he's like the high-class escort. You're kind of like the find-you-on-the-street kind of person.
2: Yeah, I'm the one just standing there. Um, so I i actually, though, it's, it's – uh, I'm not going to get in the story. One time after the gym, uh, I was trying to be nice in a very cold morning uh, at uh, like 10 a.m. and I accidentally uh, picked up a, a lady of the night to give her a ride because it was cold. But that's a whole nother story. For another day. <laughs> yeah. It was funny how. Uh, anyway, um, so as far as some other uh, down and dirty at thirty, some uh, news of the day. Uh, let's get to this. So, because um, I lost my spot again. Why is my computer acting bizarro? Oh, apologize for that. Okay. So Tennessee remains a touchdown plus underdog to Alabama despite both teams' depth chart issues. So. We've seen a lot of movement in lines. Amanda, you're more of the gambling expert than me. So when you, when you look at this, is, is this just the betting public knows um, Tennessee and Alabama better? Because the line actually moved. At, well, at one point, LSU was favored in the summer, if you go way back. And we talked to Cooper Mays about that, how he didn't think it would be that big of an upset. But then on Sunday morning before the uh, Sunday morning, the week before the LSU game, Tennessee was a four and a half point favorite and that moved to two and a half. So the seven and a half is pretty much stuck from the get. Does that mean that we just know these teams better?
3: Actually, it was at the beginning of the season. And I know I told you this because I was really shocked that Alabama was favored by less than Georgia was favored over Tennessee. So Georgia was a 17 and a half point favorite going into the season. Alabama was 14 and a half going into the season. So the line significantly dropped um, thanks to Tennessee and, and how they've been playing. Now it, it didn't drop, but like, I think it dropped before, like at right after the LSU game or before or something like that, depending on this, how Tennessee was playing. So it's now seven and a half with Alabama favored, which means it's essentially 10 because you have to give three points to the home team. So that would make Alabama favored 10 pretty much. I don't see Alabama doing that. And I know people don't flip out because every time I say take Alabama or don't take Alabama, it's wrong. It's a hundred percent wrong, but I don't see Alabama, especially if Bryce Young doesn't play, that's going to be the key. If Bryce Young is, is not, not able to go on Saturday for Alabama, you don't have to worry about your secondary. You don't have to worry about it at all because Jalen Melrose cannot throw the ball. He can't do it. He can't hit wide receivers wide open. He can't do it. It
2: Just would be bottom line. Bizarre, it would be bizarre in Tennessee's first three games if they faced three quarterbacks. Now, they allowed Anthony Richardson to look good, but three quarterbacks that are limited from uh, an, an arm standpoint. That would be absolutely bizarre if that were the case. So I uh, get more of your thoughts on the message board. Congratulations to a couple of Tennessee football players that won uh, weekly awards. The SEC Special Teams Player of the Week uh, was Chase McGrath, Tennessee's kicker, four of five field goals. The so only one he missed was a 50-yarder, which is certainly understandable. And then you had uh, Byron Young. No surprise, his SEC defensive lineman of the week by the, uh, league office. And, you know, to be quite frank with you, I thought he'd be the overall defensive player of the week. So that surprises me just a little bit that he, he wasn't the player of the week, but yeah, ultimately I think tennis, I think people are aware of Tennessee. You talked about the lines have moved since the preseason. They're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. Those days are over. And that's a good thing. Um, now that that doesn't affect you against Alabama because I mean Alabama knows Tennessee and Tennessee knows Alabama, but you know there's probably going to be a game in the next year or two that Tennessee shows up and doesn't play their best game against a lesser opponent and has to struggle a little bit. I that 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 happens with a better team because people are going to get up to play Tennessee, but that's that's good news to me. That <clears throat> that's not anything that's not anything bad. So uh kudos to the balls. and one other thing I want to say about Hinn and Hooker that we didn't get to bring up did you notice the Condridge Holloway shirt that he was wearing yesterday or he was wearing immediately after the game against LSU
3: yes I did very very good very noble I guess I don't know how I say that but I I found that to be very tasteful and that was very sweet if I can say sweet
2: sweet it works yeah. um, I I thought it was super cool. I'll just go with that. And uh, Tennessee uh, as Byron Young was beaten out by Jaden Hill as the defensive player of the week. Overall, Jaden Hill reported two interceptions, including a 49 and uh, yard interception return for a touchdown in the first quarter and an interception to halt Missouri's drive deep in Florida territory. So they were Hills first career interceptions and first career touchdown. Now, I would it's argue, that,
3: yeah, I it's would argue, that, I
2: would argue that given the game, two and a half sacks what Byron Young did was more impressive. But when you start to get into this, um yeah, you know, the first Florida player with two interceptions and a pick six in the same game since 2018, you get you know these first career interceptions, first career touchdown. They want to give a guy some love, and Byron Young has already won the SEC Player of the Week, so. That's why they expanded it to have the defensive lineman of the week, the freshman of the week, the offensive lineman of the week, and on and on and on. So that's why they did that. Everybody's favorite, Will Rogers, who has been a topic of conversation on this program because Chris Landry said he thought Will Rogers was a uh, better overall thrower, uh, threw for 395 yards and 31 completions. So he is... I mean, he's a heck of a player. I mean, I I, I know people get sensitive about the whole concept of uh, somebody being better than Hendon Hooker because he's your guy. But look at it this way. Look at it from a totally different perspective. And this video is on our YouTube channel, a breakdown. Brittany says the shirt was awesome about Condridge. I agree. It, uh, look at the breakdown of uh, Nico Iamaleva that is on our YouTube channel that Chris Landry and I did Friday. Hendon Hooker is doing a fantastic job, but schematically th- this Tennessee offense gets people open. It does. Okay. So what if a couple of those errant throws are on the money? What if a couple of those, I think there was one the Princeton fan that was on his back left shoulder on a slant pass. What if that's out in front of him? That to me is completely different. And that's what I believe. Nico is going to be able to offer. He's just a little bit more accurate, a little bit better at feathering the ball. And um, yeah, I think Tennessee's in great shape, but I think their offense can be significantly better. So um, when they get a guy who's a slightly better thrower, and it sounds like I'm ripping hand and hooker, Amanda, you know, I'm not.
3: He just, no, not at all.
2: I mean, I mean, he, throws, he throws the best deep ball, in my opinion, in college football. He's a great runner. His accuracy at times struggles in the intermediate stuff. Nobody's perfect. I,
3: no, everybody has something. I mean, you can look at, I'll just give Bryce Young from Alabama as a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. And he won't run. I mean, he's running a little bit more, you know, this season. But then we see him get, you know, tackled and his shoulder and all that stuff. But. I mean, that's what you can say about Bryce Young is that he's not very good at scrambling, getting away from, you know, the defense. If he has to throw – I mean, if he doesn't see somebody open and the offensive line doesn't hold him back, I mean, he's he's done for. So, I mean, that's your Heisman Trophy winner. So everybody has something that is not the best – I mean, it's it's just how it goes.
2: And last year when he won the Heisman Trophy and I voted for him, I thought that there were times that he should have just run, that he should have just taken off where he held on to the ball too long. And you'll rarely hear me say that because you want to keep your eyes downfield. Kevin the Bacon said, I will say if Hendon Hooker was quarterback at Alabama, he's probably a Heisman front runner. I'll double down on that, Kevin. I'll say if he's at Ohio State or Alabama, he's the Heisman front runner.
3: If I was at Ohio State, I would be the Heisman front runner. I mean, literally, all you have to do is just air it out and let one of your giant wide receivers go out there and catch the ball. I mean, Ohio, that's what I cannot stand about this whole C.J. Stroud's the best thing ever. We see this all the time with Ohio State quarterbacks every single year. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. They get into the NFL and they fall flat on their face because they're not that good they just have really good receivers and they play against really crap teams so it I'm sorry that's just really how it goes I I don't understand all the hype around oh CJ Stroud is you know the next best thing since I don't know who no it's put somebody else put their you know, and I don't wish anybody to get hurt, but maybe he has the flu one day. Put their backup quarterback in there, you're going to see the same thing. Exactly the same thing. That's what drives me nuts about this whole thing. Sorry, I'm done. Yep. Ran over.
2: So I talked about, I talked to Cooper and think about today's tough question uh, and what direction you want to go because I'm wide open. And I talked to Cooper Mays, uh, bringing this from our YouTube channel. And I asked Cooper Mays way back in July about being picked as an upset special a potential upset special at l s u and I still remember the look on Cooper's face. he kind of goes huh? like that's that's an upset. did you see them last year and Tennessee ended up being the favorite, but at the time, man I think I want to say there were six and a half point underdogs going to l s u now that that's that's in July is that that number sound about right to you
3: it was it was something along. Was, I think it was like four and a half. It
2: was points. more than a field goal. I remember yes. that. It may have been four and a half. So we start with this, and then we uh get into how the game began. And that was the opening kickoff uh return uh that LSU, of course, fumbled. Muffed is technically the the issue, uh the the term you should use. But uh Cooper um He's just gold. He's so funny. And I worked with his dad back in the day. This is how old I am. His dad was the same way, just matter of fact, funny. So Cooper has gone through a couple of rebuilds uh, with Josh Heupel, with uh, Jeremy Pruitt. So he knows what that's like. And to go out there in a big game, he's seen bad things happen and really changed the tenor of a game that uh, Tennessee was trying to get things turned around in. So here's Cooper. First, uh, I I asked him about uh, being an underdog and then what it was like for LSU to fumble the opening kickoff. And it's brought to you, of course, by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Well, it's awesome. You were. So, um, and, and then you've been a part of, what, two rebuilds under Josh Heupel and a guy that we'll just talk about some other time. So, I'm curious, Brian Kelly's there. And I think Brian Kelly's a really good coach. But there's oftentimes a culture change that has to happen. So when you go out there in a big game and you fumble the opening kickoff and maybe your sake is a little bit fragile already, how do you think that affects the team?
5: Oh, man, I mean, that really does suck. You know what I'm saying? Like,
3: (laughs) it's
6: really – really does
3: that really does suck like
2: oh Uh, what
3: an intuitive response
2: that was my favorite headline so i asked jacob warren about the same play and if he could notice i use the word empathize not sympathize but if he could empathize with what which the difference is you feel sorry and sympathize empathize you understand the emotions
3: well you should uh, sympathize with lsu this past week Everyone should sympathize. He he
2: didn't feel sorry for them, but uh, I asked him about that start. He's been through those sorts of things before. Here's Jacob Warren, brought to you by Vaseline Garden. The team that is in a rebuilding mode, in a transition period, goodness knows you've been there twice. (laughs) um, Right. So when that happens, I mean, I'm sure you can empathize. That's got to be a gut punch (laughs) for Psyche.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that's really unfortunate for them <laughs> uh I hate, I hate it for them i really do <laughs>
2: I, I said empathize not,
6: not sympathize there you go yeah no it's uh <laughs> it was obviously unfortunate for them you know we kick we we're trying to go deep right and the wind kind of catches that ball and just kind of hangs it up in the air for too long and, and the kid ends up muffing it and shout out will brooks he's one of my good friends and uh Made a play on the ball, did a good job keeping his legs and, and his knees and bounds, and and recovered it. And that's the most exciting thing, right? Because they won the coin toss, they decided to k- to take the ball. So it's like, all right, defense got to go out and get a stop, whatever. And you're immediately able to steal steal a possession, right? That's what it is. Like you stole a possession. They did not get their first one. We're essentially starting the game with the ball, and we get the ball at halftime. That's kind of what you what goes through your head. So on the on the offensive side, you're sitting on the bench, like, all right, let's go defense. Like, let's start this game off, whatever. And then, like, it's all exciting. Everybody gets up and starts running down the field. And they're like, all right, everybody calm down. Let's go actually score, right? We got the ball in the 30-yard line. We actually have to go put it in. So, um, yeah, no, plays like that are are crazy. And and, um, sure, yeah, very unfortunate for LSU for that kid.
2: (laughs) Too bad. It is funny to me that Jacob laughed at me about the question. I think that is funny because that's what you don't get out of press conferences nowadays. Because you don't have the opportunity for any interaction, and they're so stiff and nervous. They're speaking in front of a bunch of forty-year-old dudes, and um, he just laughed at me. You know, when I asked that question, he, he just he just <laughs> laughed at me that I and I don't know. I thought that was rather funny.
3: I, I liked how he just kept calling him that kid. He was like oh I felt bad for that kid. I'm like you're like the same age.
2: Andy Mason it well yeah but Jacob's getting up there. I mean Hendon Hooker the second oldest player in the SEC starting quarterback in the nation I believe other than Stetson Bennett. I mean some of these guys because of the COVID year are like 38 years old. Uh, Andy Mason is my realtor. He should be yours. The Andy Mason group is a team of passionate, knowledgeable real estate agents with elite realty. Over 38 years combined experience in the industry. I made the mistake of not going with Andy Mason one time because I didn't know he was in real estate. I will never make that mistake again. The tenants are quite simple of his business, and that is the best prices, the best service. How about that? AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Your comments, Caleb Calhoun coming up next. Give me two minutes. I'll give you the world off the hook sports.
1: Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vassy Lawn & Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute, and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soupe, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrata.
6: You drinking my sake,
1: Kimosabi? Oh my God. She is Amanda
2: LaFrata. I'm Dave Hooker. Yeah, this press conference is, thank you very much. Brittany said he and Jake Warren are just so awesome. Crazy saying, I love those dudes. Crazy saying, great interviews. If you haven't seen the whole thing, go check them out. Thank you very much. I mean, honestly, that's why I got back into this biz. Because, you know, listen, those press conferences, if anything ever comes out of those, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> but don't expect a lot. I mean, it's, and it is it is what it is. I'm not knocking it. But Josh Heupel literally talks for nine minutes and 30 seconds. It's almost like it's timed out exactly where there's, there's going to be somebody with a big hook. You remember the the hook they used to do like on Broadway to pull people off, like yeah. get out of here, Josh. You can't be doing this stuff and talking about things that people want to hear about. What the h?
3: It's just fluff. It's it, and it's not just Josh Heupel. It's well, it's every coach except for Nick Saban. It's his his isn't fluff. His is just like a rant that casually goes up and then falls, and that's it. But Josh Heupel and every other coach, it's just, we're going to tell you basically nothing with a lot of words.
2: It is so funny you brought that up because I watched the Nick Saban show last night and he broke down the final decisive play to a T, What every player's responsibility was in the Texas A&M game, drew it up right there in video said, oh, this guy's not worried about this because the inside uh, man has inside backer has leverage and completely broke it down. No other coach in America would have the confidence to do that. They would want to keep everything hidden. And th- that's fine. But he just well, – who else would?
3: Bo, no, I'm not saying anybody else would. But, I mean, that's going to get to our, like, try it again And Jimbo Fisher gave away his play at the end of the game. So,
2: Let's bring Caleb Calhoun in here and his appearance brought to you today by Nutrition World. Nutrition World is where you need to go to get your supplements. They are absolutely phenomenal. We want you to go to Nutrition World and know that they're one of the best e-commerce supplement stores in the entire world, if not the best. So you'll get the best prices and you'll get supplements. I take supplements, so I want to make sure that they're quality. And I don't want to have to worry about that. Sorry, there's some big stores out there that they got all kinds of stuff, and they'll just tell you to buy what they have the biggest profit margins on. That's just a fact. So go to the Nutrition World for all of your uh, supplement needs. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir?
4: Pretty good. How are you guys doing this Tuesday morning?
2: Good. We're good. I um, you you have uh, uh, exactly five seconds to tell me why Tennessee's defensive backs. Will be stellar on Saturday.
4: How about they won't be? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that does it doesn't. Good to have you on, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> so I don't. I don't see stellar out of this group. I, yeah. I. I think the best that you're probably hoping for is what uh, B minus. But it's ultimately, and Caleb wrote about this. I think it's going to be on Tennessee's defensive front to bring some pressure and be able to to offset a secondary that, that was woeful to begin and has lost a couple of players now in Burrell and McCullough.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was um it was it, it's it's in it's in trouble now. Um it's um I, I've talked about this in the past, but Warren Burrell and Jalen McCullough are not they're not gonna win any all American awards, but they were they were both I would say just relatively mediocre as the top cornerback in the strong safety, but mediocre is better than what it could be. I mean, I think a lot of people forget where Tennessee is right now. This was right after they beat Florida about three weeks ago. I, I listened to you with John Adams on, and John Adams was actually very much defending them even after that collapse. And what did people expect out of Tennessee this year? They still have massive defic- deficiencies, which is a testament to Josh Heupel for them still being five and zero, and I think a testament too to Tim Banks. And I think, and I've been on, I've been driving this train for a while. I think Tim Banks is one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in football because we we talk all the time about defensive coordinators never work out as head coaches. Well, maybe because defensive coordinators who get hired on their resume are getting hired because they on average in a year held a team, held teams this few points, but that's not the best way to measure defenses right now. Tim Banks is working in a system. That's all offense, all focused on offense and tempo. And then on top of that, there are some massive deficiencies, mostly in the secondary, not to mention the fact that the linebackers are really, really bad in coverage, which I keep talking about. And so I don't know I think Tennessee secondary went from having a couple of being below average with some mediocre players to below average with players who are worse than those mediocre players back there. So
2: the X factor would be D Williams but right. that's you know we don't know that's the unknown so we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. By the way, John's appearance on our YouTube channel is brought to you by Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange a great place in North Knoxville to hang out and have some just fantastic food, family-friendly environment, and you'll love it there. Whether you're in Maynardville, North Knoxville, Powell, wherever the case may be. So I want Amanda to jump in there, but John's appearance also brought to you by uh, our friends at Biles Automotive Group there on Callahan Drive. Biles Automotive Group, it's about integrity. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business and. Uh, Amanda, I had heard that John Adams uh, started hitting the booze. I don't know if that's the case or not.
3: Hitting the booze?
2: Yeah, just the the little Jack Daniels before he does our show. I I don't know if that's the case. but
3: That's terrible. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He's like the most straight-laced guy I've ever seen in my life. He isn't hitting the Jack Daniels.
4: If you guys know the history of Elvis, sometimes inebriation makes you a better performer. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yeah, that's not in
2: our profession, though. But I will say that there were days where a beer or two would make the writing go a little freer after a long day of covering practice. But they're a lot like throwing darts at big orange fillies you have that two to four beer area where you're maybe more creative and then it just, the precipice, it just drops off and then you're no. All right. So uh, Amanda, what do you got for Caleb?
3: So Caleb, let's, I'm going to get to today's tough question as well. And I'll ask you before I ask the uh, entire audience, what do you, or who do you think is the most important player going into Saturday's game for Tennessee.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah, let's all, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Let's all jump in on that on the message board. Caleb, you, you answer that. I have, I have a vote. And then is that going to be today's tough question? That is. I love it. All right. Caleb, you start.
4: Ooh. I kinda need a second. Yeah, I, I kind of got caught off guard with that, so I kind of need a second to think I mean, about it. But
2: we, um, we, Caleb, we talked about it at the five AM production meeting. You were there. Um, we met in Raleigh, I believe it was. So I you have no excuses.
0: So
2: I'm, drive.
4: I'm go I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got I hope it. Caleb's got it. I'm there. It's a tie and it depends on who's starting. But given the fact that they were saying he's gonna be out, he's gonna be back out there on Saturday. If he's starting, I'm gonna say Gerald Mincy. He's got the toughest job. Because Will Anderson is coming from around that side, so um, I think that if Hendon Hooker is going to be Hendon Hooker, someone's going to have to do something on Will Anderson, and that's probably going to be Gerald Mitzi.
2: <laughs> I'm going to actually say D. Williams. Wow! And here's why: I, I'm not saying that it'll turn out that way, but there's a difference between predicting the MIP, as I like to call it, the most important player, and the most valuable player at the end of the game. So if he's able to step up and have a significant impact, then Tennessee secondary goes from below average to maybe average. So I'm picking a guy that I think will come out of left field. So I'll I'll pick D. Williams, or I guess I like could. Who who was the defensive back that? Uh, uh, pardon me, spoke to the media that you wrote about uh, Christian Charles. I guess it could be Christian Charles. Can I – can on mine, Amanda, can I go D. Williams slash Christian Charles? Those are
3: two players.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, a defensive back to be named later. I mean, if somebody can step up and have a big game, then I think that changes Tennessee's chances to win. What about you, Amanda? And anybody who wants to get on the uh, message board, uh, who is Tennessee's most important player against Alabama? Uh, Is Gerald Mincy going to play Sam? They said yesterday that he would play. Yes. So Amanda, what about you? Do you have a a thought on this?
3: So I'm going to pick out somebody who is really good against LSU, who I said would be the player to watch against LSU. And I was I'm going to toot my own horn because I often do that when I'm right, especially um, the fact that. Tennessee or yes, Tennessee would be the hardest game that Alabama is going to have to face this season. I was right about that. And they'll upset Georgia. And I'm going to be right about that. Anywho, continuing on Jalen Hyatt, I think is going to be the most important player because Cedric Tillman is going to be, if he starts, if he gets to go ahead, he's going to be covered by, you know, somebody, one of Alabama's Backs. I mean, he's going to be – they're going to be focused on Cedric Tillman because they know what he can do, also focused on Brew McCoy because they also know what he can do. Jalen Hyatt, again, is that sneaky little guy that comes in there and grabs the ball and is gone before you even know he's gone. So I think if Tennessee's offense wants to succeed against Alabama, and I know people are like, Alabama's defense isn't that great. They're actually pretty good. If they want to succeed against this Alabama defense – Jalen Hyatt's going to have to be the player he was against LSU.
2: Okay. I'm going to give you an out like I'm giving me an out. Okay. So I'm going to have two defensive backs on my list, on on my entry. And then you can have Brew McCoy slash Jalen Hyatt on the same
3: entry. I'm just going Jalen Hyatt. I don't need Brew McCoy.
4: that's a way to go, isn't it, Caleb? So we're talking about a, a help. Well, me. I, I, I I would agree with Amanda in the sense that if you're going with Jalen Hyatt, the way Jalen Hyatt is going to beat you is not the way Brew McCoy is going to beat you. Brew McCoy is very Cedric Tillman-like, which is, you know, and it's a little bit different where said Ced- this is why Tennessee needs Cedric Tillman back, is that your favorite thing about Cedric Tillman is You know the ball's going to him. The defense knows the ball is going to him. And the question is, what are you going to do to stop it? Jalen Hyatt, Amanda's right, is more – he's sneaky. You kind of sneak him out into – like that touchdown pass, that 45-yard touchdown pass on Saturday, that's one of the best play calls I think I've ever seen a coach make. Um, If you guys saw, he snuck Hyatt behind the wideouts and then had him running on the outside down the sideline I will say, Amanda, I don't know if Josh Hyper pulls that off this week, not just because he's going against Nick Saban, but because he had two weeks to draw up that play. He only has one for Alabama. So I,
2: you think, you sho- I think you show that play though to, to scare the safety. It's kind of a modified wheel route. Um, I'm a big fan of throw everything out there and make them prepare of every with everything as opposed to hold stuff back. That that's me. I remember back in the days that Tennessee would hold stuff back before they play Florida, and I was like, eh. Um Sam says Hendon Hooker. Sam, I'm going to say that Hendon Hooker is a known commodity. It's
3: the easy out, Sam. It's the easy out.
2: Don't call Sam out. Brittany says Byron Young. I want Byron Young on there.
3: All right. So we're doing that. And I'm not giving you two. You get B Williams, and that's all you You get. No,
2: then I'm going to change it to Christian Charles. Okay. So So who's the most important player? For Tennessee this weekend, we have uh, Christian Charles, Byron Young. And again, we're taking into account that some of these are known commodities. Okay? So Hinton Hooker's a known commodity. He's not going to go out there and just wet the bed. Do you want I me mean, to
3: just say unknown then?
2: Um, I just say of this list, who's the most important? Or important. Okay.
4: So um, – And I want to point out, don't sleep on Byron Young. Alabama did give up four sacks last week. So – if uh, Noro starts, if Bryce Young is hurt, then that, that might be something to pay attention to. That's good stuff. <clears throat> All right.
2: So, it, who's our fourth? Who's our fourth?
3: So, it's Christian Charles, Gerald Mincy, Jalen Hyatt, and Byron Young.
4: Okay. And maybe in parentheses, excluding Hinden Hooker because we know Hinden Hooker. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then uh, we had uh, Patricia said uh, Jabari Small.
3: Oh, Patricia just throwing heat. Patricia.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll put Jabari on there because let's face it, if he has 160 yards, it means the offense is balanced and pretty impossible to stop. So you Well, wanna... that would
3: be five.
2: Oh, how many do we have?
3: <laughs> we have four. Tris- Christian Charles, Gerald Mincy, Jalen Hyatt, Byron Young.
2: Well, see, I'm, I'm going to take Mincy off because okay. <clears throat> I think they'd be okay with Jeremiah Crawford.
4: Well,
3: the, I, I was kind of trying
4: to pull a U, though. I was like Gerald Mincy or Jeremiah Crawford, whoever is lining up at left tackle on Saturday. Well, both of you all ripped that idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't rip the idea. No, that's just Amanda. Uh- <laughs> it's, that
3: was me. I did rip that. I ripped it, yeah.
2: I was trying to get several players on there. and I
3: saw that.
2: So at the end of the day, we're going with Christian Charles. <laughs> we're going with Jalen Hyatt. We're going with Jabari Small and Byron Young. Of yep. this of this list, who is the most important player? So go ahead and send that out, and uh, we will we'll, we'll get your votes and get your thoughts. Be sure and like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. And uh, always, the uh, Caleb Calhoun's appearance is brought to you by Zul Beer Company. That's uh, Zulbeer.com, X-U-L-Beer.com. Zul Beer Company is fantastic. Worldwide award-winning craft beer, and also... They have just tremendous merch and a great place to hang out and watch the game, big open setting and places to park as well. So all right. So those four. Um Crazy says let's go four wide and stretch them out. If they double set and brew, that leaves Hyatt and Keaton <clears throat> plus the running back or tight end singles. I'm not gonna go 4 I'm not gonna go four wide because I think Tennessee's too good at tight end. So I would have Princeton Fant or Jacob Warren. Who's on the YouTube channel? I would have one of those two in the game at all times. So basically, I'm talking about uh, three wide. Then you got tell back in there. Would you? Uh, I, I I don't know how often Tennessee goes goes four wide. Caleb, it seems to me like they're pretty set on the three and a tight.
4: Yeah, that's been more common. I did some randomly just exhaustive fun we're, we're reading about Josh Heupel's what exactly you call the offense over the weekend and it's apparently a combination of the veer and shoot and the air raid. And so the, the, the veer, veer the pro- raid. Yes. The veer raid is what we should call it because it's, it, it involves the veer and shoot that Art Briles ran without as many zone reads. Um, but a lot of it is about just, that, but I mean, I don't see many receiver option routes in, in, in the game. Do you, do you guys, I feel like you go four wide if you have option routes with receivers. And I don't, I think most of them are pre-snap designed routes.
2: I agree. Uh, crazy saying, Caleb. Why do
6: you
4: hate the orange out? Do you the right. Orange out. I wrote this. I wrote this on fan side at Atalanta Tennessee. That's probably where he saw it. Yes, I hate the orange out. I think it's stupid. I think if you do it, anything out, you need to do an alternate color. Nalen Stadium is seventy five percent orange anyway when you go to the games. And I, I don't, I don't
2: hate it, but I'll tell you this: I think that it's a little. Well, I think it lacks creativity. Why
3: didn't they just bring this? It's better than the red out when you're playing someone who's red.
4: Exactly. Yes, it's not as dumb as what Arkansas did. But if you're going to do this, why not wear the smoky grays this week and do a gray out?
3: That's what I said. But no no one likes the gray out. Or wait till
4: Halloween, bring the black jerseys back out, and do a blackout, and then have the orange pants that Lane Kiffin's Remember the Lane Kevin year with the black jerseys and the orange pants? Like, do that. No. An orange out. You don't wear the color of the – um, uh, you don't wear your main color as a – do an all-out stadium part for a game. That makes no sense.
2: Brittany says the orange will stand out against that awful crimson. Sorry, Amanda. I think that – Orange that, is going
4: to stand out anyway, though. Okay, sorry.
2: Listen, now this was kind of pushed by a local reporter, and that was – they should bring back the orange and the red jerseys for this one game. Both be able to wear their their,
3: oh, their home their colors. colors.
2: Yeah. I I think that would be awesome.
3: I don't know. Okay, Why would I you would do ask,
2: that though? They not that back in
4: the 70s, right?
3: I know, but it's not the 70s.
4: And it I think there are things that like working at other jobs i've done where i deal with visual things is there's a little level of insensitivity to certain people have retina issues that can't distinguish the colors that well if you do like because orange is a variation of red so orange and crimson to people who may have certain eyesight issues that we don't know about that could actually be very those could run together
2: oh well, I didn't know that. Okay, then don't do that because I want to. Everybody- well,
3: like media <laughs> members.
2: <laughs> it's just it's rare that somebody throws something out there that completely I'm... changes my mind in a heartbeat. But I don't want anybody to not be able to enjoy the game just because I like a plethora of colors. So <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Um, so uh, Brittany says we we'll do a black and orange checkerboard against UK with the dark mode unis.
4: Go- That'd actually be pretty epic. Um, I'm game. Black Is and
2: orange. Is that
3: Halloween?
4: It's the Saturday before Halloween. Do it. Somebody tweet Danny White. Black and orange checkerboard. Yes.
3: Brittany, you're on that. I that's actually not a bad idea. I don't hate that.
4: I
2: think it's that's awesome. pretty cool
3: looking. Yeah, that looked like Halloween. Yeah. That would be don't, awesome.
2: Don't do it like the way Lane did it, where I think he decided on Sunday afternoon to do black jerseys and they didn't have the names on the back, did they? I mean, they just ran out there, and those things up close, I have never seen a worse jersey in my life, just in terms of quality up close.
4: Well, they didn't even wear those in the warmups. They were yeah, wearing- they went
2: out there and um, yeah, they went out there and in, in the warmups and and they changed. And one guy like peeked around the corner in the tunnel, and he was wearing a black jersey. Uh, but but I, did they win that game?
4: Because I think they did.
2: won, no <laughs> Yeah, they beat South Carolina. and
4: That was their last one 20, at top 25 win for like four years.
2: Yeah, that kind of changed my thoughts wow. on a lot of people that flat out lied to me at the university, but about a jersey. I was like, if you're going to lie to me, lie to me about something like an NCAA investigation or an injury. Don't lie to me about a stupid jersey. But um, if you're going to do it, do it right. Those jerseys up close, I swear to you, when my son played – uh, Little League uh, football. His jerseys were nicer than those jerseys. They were. I mean, they up close, it looked. they looked like the tearaway jerseys that the NFL had in the 70s. They were horrible. So if you're going to do it, do it right. Please like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. So we have uh, come down to today's tough question, and we've come down to how about more black jerseys. Well, I guess if you want to do that, you can. I, my thought on the orange out, and I'm just gonna leave it at this. Could you not think of anything? I mean, is that it?
3: <laughs> you know, it would be super cool. Okay, I'm just gonna go out of the limb here. What would be super cool is if everybody did orange except for certain sections did black and it looked like pumpkin, it's like an eye and an eye and black, 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 black and it looked I mean, like a jack o' lantern
4: checkerboard. But we're gonna like.
3: We will be be piling on and making
4: fun of how silly that looks. uh, I
3: think it would be cool. I I, I would be impressed.
4: Is this to Alabama and you coming out where you just want to start calling, saying Tennessee looks like a pumpkin the rest of the year?
3: No, I think for (laughs) Halloween, that would be super cool.
4: This is almost, this this, this is, Tennessee fans already get the jokes of looking like crossing guards with the amount of arms (laughs) they wear. wear, And... And now you want Now you want them to be forced to look like pumpkins?
3: <laughs> it would be cool, just from an aerial view, it's like Halloween. It would be cool if it most looked of the like game a pumpkin. It's not going to be shown
4: from an aerial view.
3: I know, but still, be cool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it would still be cool. Would you
2: have some people wear green, like the green stem of a pumpkin?
3: No, why would you do that? That's dumb.
2: I think you're just. Right this- <laughs>
4: You know what? At this point, let's just have old William Shatner mask spray painted white, cut the eyes. That was the original Michael Myers mask for the first Halloween, and everybody wear that with the black and orange checkerboard. Make it really scary.
2: All right, I'm gonna hook somebody up with. A, I'm gonna hook somebody up with a a, a gift certificate to craft treats for the chill pills if they can tell me what William Shatner connection is out there. That has to do with me and Tennessee football.
3: Can I get to today's tough question from yesterday? Just All we right. had a pretty big response. And but I'm just going to. In the gonna,
2: meantime, what connection do yeah. I have to William Shatner? Other than I'm I, giving
3: right, them time.
2: Right. Other than I sold like $3 million worth of Pedigo e bikes across the nation. And he is an endorser for Pedego. But okay, okay, but there's but there's a connection. So what connection is it? Brittany says she just tweeted Danny White, but doubt
4: it will go anywhere. Tag me, I'll tweet him. Wait, I love Brittany's suggestion. Rashawn Golden is the guest picker. Rashawn Golden was the guy who flipped off the fans on that pick six during Butch Jones's last year. Um oh like, do it, yes, bring Rashawn. Tennessee
3: lost the- 42 to seven. Yes,
4: that flip ball should have been directed at Butch Jones. Okay. Yes. But
2: Agreed. Still. Yeah. How about they just go ahead and add uh, who was the guy around in second in the Supers? Or was it the regionals, I believe?
3: Oh, the one that.
2: The, bird, the baseball player.
4: I can't remember. Oh, was it Jordan yeah. Beck? It wasn't
2: Jordan Beck. Was no, it? It was, let's don't, we don't want to lay the one finger salute on the wrong person. But yeah, no, you're right. You i right? those guys up and say, wait to see what happens to the break. Does anybody know the connection to William Shatner?
3: I was going to give the input on the thing while people thought about it or maybe Googled it.
2: Okay. I'm just going to tell you the connection to William Shatner. If you want to win something from craft treats and what you want to win is the chill pills. The chill pills are fantastic. I'm going to, I'm going to let that lay out there for just a little bit longer. How about that? Okay. If you can, if you can connect, you're both space brains. Orange blood said probably, probably, but if you can connect William Shatner to this Tennessee football program and me individually, think of maybe a part that he played at one point. Amanda was on vacation when we pulled out the
4: theme song to this. I remember this. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay. And you were right, Caleb. It it was Jordan Beck.
4: Yes.
2: Oh, I
3: was right. Okay. Right. So oh.
4: What
2: was today's tough question? yesterday um and where did that end up
3: okay after seeing the details should jalen mccullough be suspended against alabama so it was kind of like it was neck and neck it was 30 or 36 percent no but still not good um 29.9 percent was no it was self-defense 25.6 percent was yeah he should be suspended because you can't do that and then 8.5% was inexcusable. Yes, inexcusable. So, I mean, <clears throat> no, nah, and yeah, we're kind of like neck and neck with nah, but still not good it's coming out. Yeah,
4: that's because we still, we, we know the details of how it happened. And if like the worst accusations are true, I would say he has to be suspended. But, you know, because, Look, you, there is a, I get the whole self-defense thing, but can't really, it's not really self-defense once you follow them out of your house. Or of your like, it was like, only
3: 30 feet. It was only 30 feet. That's not even like following somebody out of their house. It's stepping out the front door.
4: There had to be some sass
2: by the other dude. I, I just thought about it more and more. And, and I'm not going to throw that. I don't, I don't know this. I wasn't there, but there had to be some sass by the other dude, right? Mike cool. says TJ Hooker. Mike, you're exactly right. So you can email me and you can win a gift certificate for the orange
4: blood said it before mike
2: yeah but orange blood's won a lot of stuff
3: you can't just disqualify him for that wow yes but the Jalen mccullough thing you can't like we're we're taking a statement from somebody who is blacked out drunk to the point that they go into the wrong apartment
4: well that's look that's my point i'm saying assuming everything is true I didn't want to it's comment on true. it because we just don't know everything that went into it and have you
3: ever been blacked out drunk before uh, yes hey,
2: and i
4: hey. probably walked into the wrong apartment before so.
3: exactly do you remember what happened no no but okay do look
4: I. I, I I get and, and i i i I, under, I totally understand and i understand and all you know i'm saying this is assuming the details are true we don't know what happened. All I'm saying is, I don't want his career ruined. I don't want him suspended or dismissed from the team or anything like that. But like, I, I would say, like, once someone is outside of your house, once you once they've come in and you've gotten them out, I I, I do think at that point you, you kind of got to let him go. You kind of you shouldn't. I mean, he got he got arrested on aggravated assault, which leads me to believe that this wasn't just like a random punch thrown. This might this seems like there was some. You
3: know. Well, the dude fell down the stairs, and I yeah. think that's why it was aggravated assault, because the blacked-out drunk dude couldn't take a punch and rolled down the stairs, we which is probably... Know. We don't
2: know that he was blacked-out drunk. We
3: actually do know he was.
2: I, I will say that we don't know he was blacked-out. We don't he, know if he remembers it. He
3: admitted so. He said he was drunk.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, but we don't know. Blacked-out to me means you can't remember anything, Right. Isn't that well? Then
3: happened? he right, but then he fell down the stairs and uh, s- reportedly sustained a concussion. So, if you're drunk and you sustain a concussion,
2: well, not, not you remembering anything. I will tell you a factor in this that has always been the case. And if if Caleb punches me in the mouth, he's probably not going to knock out teeth unless he's a, a, a lot stronger than I think and knows really how to throw a punch. A lot of these guys, you got to remember. 20, 21 years old are hitting their physical peak and hitting the weight room and they don't realize how strong they are. So it, yeah, he, I, I, I think if he would have known before he threw the punch and who wouldn't, that it's going to knock out teeth, you know, it probably would have been a, one of those shoves in the chest as opposed to a punch in the mouth, because that's a whole different.
3: But and he could have knocked out of- his teeth on the steps. Like nobody knows when his teeth got knocked out. You take a tumble down the stairs, oh, it's so very he, possible.
2: Okay, so you're saying it may have been a light pop to the face. He tumbles down the stairs, knocks his teeth out, and okay. Well, the police still arrested him, and I think that the police are pretty good dudes.
3: Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying well, I mean, they he him.
2: They charged him with a- an aggravated felony. I mean, not... It wasn't just an assault. So, Well,
3: I would do the same thing if I walked up and saw a dude who was had no teeth <clears throat> or missing teeth on the ground with a concussion from another dude punching him. But when you look at everything and you're, I mean, you're looking at it all and you're saying, well, you were drunk. You went into the dude's house. He probably said some stuff because even you admitted Mr. Drunk, concussed person that you said some stuff to him that y'all got into a, a like a <clears throat> verbal altercation you do that and then the guy you know he punches you and you fall down the stairs then I would be like okay well maybe maybe not I I, I,
4: mm-hmm. I I'm i coming to your side someone, Amanda I'm still more on the it's I think outside of the house I just can't let it go but I, i'll say and i, I want to be all very very serious here but like you know if you're jayla mccullough like we all remember that horrible story in dallas where the officer accidentally walked into the wrong room she was one floor mm-hmm. below and then she shot the guy in his in, in his own home because she thought it was her home and yeah you know that things like that are probably on the mind of somebody like jayla mccullough or anybody for that matter, if someone walks in, if you live in an apartment or dorm and someone walks in. Uh, yeah.
2: Know. I mean, if somebody's in my house, I'm going to buck up. And and you've pretty much got an opportunity to say, my bad. Or yes, it's going to get physical or maybe worse. But if he, if he says, my bad, and then walks away, I'm like, I'm just going to be like, okay.
3: Yeah. Do you think, you think he really did that though? He's like, oh, I said, I'm sorry and backed out. Yeah. There's I no way. Why would that? Why would Jalen McCullough be like, Oh, you're sorry, back out, let me come and, and punch you? There's no way that's what happened. I Unless Jalen McCullough is
4: drunk too, we don't know. I mean, well, he
3: wasn't because they did not charge him with, with, uh, oh, with underage drinking. Drunk yeah, yeah, they would have charged him. You're right, that's true. But
4: that's
3: if, if the dude just was like, Oh, sorry, wrong door, let me back out here. Um, my bad dude. So sorry. Keep in mind, we're, we're taking the word of a concussed drunk person. Let's just keep that in mind. So if he did all of that, there's no way no one in their right mind would come out their front door and, and knock the dude in the face. That's no way that that happened. There's no way that that was all that happened. And he punched you in the face when you, I politely walked in and said, oops, I'm sorry, my bad, and backed out. No, you I, didn't do that.
2: I bet when Jalen got home from being in the gray bar hotel, the first thing he did is he locked his door. That, that would have precluded all of this from happening.
4: <laughs> I think the thing think it's, it's funny you say athletes don't know their own strength. One of my favorite moments. I'm with there's a great old Bill Burr stand-up, and it's still he's I'm with him. I will never forget the malice at the palace when Ron Artest went into the stands and beat the heck out of the fans, and everybody was talking like, this is so horrible for basketball and NBA fans. And I remember Bill Bursang, and I agree with him. Like, I'm a basketball fan. I thought it was awesome. Like, <laughs> I loved watching out of shape, obnoxious fans get the crap out, beat out of them because we've all been there probably. We've all been at a game, and we've all talked so much trash to people who could clearly beat us up. Like who could clearly like destroy us if they wanted to, and here we are drinking. Like you suck, guys. You can't do anything. <laughs> and, and it's like I this don't guy, think, I don't not the guy that. he beat up, unfortunately, but the guy next him had the nerve to throw a cup of beer on, on our test. I'm sorry, <laughs> you. And and, and the, the guy that run our test beat up should have gotten out of the way. He's <laughs> and so
2: I don't think people understand the the difference in athleticism and power and strength that even. Even a squirrel white has he's probably the smallest, least developed player that on Tennessee's team. But non-kickers, sorry, Chase McGrath, could beat the bleep out of most people walking the face of the earth in college football.
3: And Wisconsin's kicker could beat the bleep out of most people because he's jacked all the crap.
2: Yeah, so and you wouldn't get in trouble because nobody knows who in the world he is.
4: <laughs> Be like, yeah. some beat me Isn't, out isn't that the scene with Missouri's kicker too? <laughs> yeah.
2: Daniel said, do any of y'all know, do they have a rally point uh, when they do something stupid or they told to go somewhere or something because they rarely ever stay on the scene? I don't know if there's like an Avengers assemble thing going on, but I do know that <laughs> they typically have a card in their pocket where they'll call somebody. Now Jalen left the scene. I'm sure that didn't make police incredibly happy. But he did come immediately back, and he was smart enough not to say anything because that can be held against you in a court of law. And so he was smart enough not to say anything. So I, I get, you know, it's, it's so funny. In my career, I was the cynical one, but now I'm so impressed by this program. I get painted as rosy rainbows, and the guy who is a cheerleader for Tennessee, which I'm, I'm not, I give him credit for coming right back. The police didn't have to go find him. And he came right back, and he acquiesced to their orders, and it's done. I, I mean, I, I told Caleb, you weren't on. I told a man about a situation with Josh McNeil. Do you remember him?
4: I'm sure. I remember you... Josh McNeil. Yeah, he had an underage drinking incident, in like '07, right?
2: Well, he, well, he had a, a, a he was with, I think four or maybe uh, it, maybe it was 400. I don't know. Women in his room, and good for him, I guess. <sighs> But he but but he he wouldn't answer the door. So they had to bring a guy uh, that was uh, a part of the university to the door. And before he would open the door, he didn't open the door for police. That makes it a lot worse. And along the lines of Daniel's uh, point, um, they typically that at least under previous, I'm sure they do under Josh Heupel, they they used to have a card in your wallet that you could call when something went wrong. Now I'm sure it's just a cell phone number that somebody It used to be Condridge Holloway would fill those calls a lot Mm -hmm. of times, um, which we talked about hooker wearing the shirt with him on it. So that was, that was part of his responsibilities. They put so much on Condridge. It was ridiculous. And then the Derek Dooley thing where you had to call ahead. If you're a former Tennessee player to go to practice
4: Oh, I forgot about that. That was oh, so like,
2: gosh,
4: it created such a, well, it, it wasn't at some level of gamesmanship because Derek Dooley was just <laughs> trying He didn't want people to see, what was it? He didn't want people to see the practices. And I'm like, what are you, I'm sorry. I don't know how y'all feel. I, Dave, I don't believe in the gamesmanship of hiding practices from people. I, I just don't think that like that. No,
2: the makes a difference NFL's primarily open. No, I don't think it makes a big. Do- I don't think half. The- I-, I don't think ninety percent of the dudes know what they're looking at. I can tell you that I said something when practice was open one time in ten years, and I said on the radio, I said that it was, it, it might be interesting to see Jason Witten line up as a receiver, and I got a phone call Friday morning at my office from Philip Fulmer, and got on a plane, flew down to ironically LSU and, uh, got an earful at the walkthrough, um, at, from Philip Fulmer about, because I didn't realize that I'd said anything that significant. And, um, apparently this is before stuff went viral. So apparently somebody heard it and got back to him. And that was their big plan to line Jason Witten up wide for the first time as a wide receiver. So, <clears throat> that was it's, it's
4: not your job to protect philip Fulmer or, or the team on that so. no
2: but it was but it was an understanding that we all had and this is why you can't do it now because you have 40 beat reporters that really don't know a lot of them don't know what they're doing and you have people there that the the, the understanding was like let's say for instance you saw some sort of special wildcat package that afterwards with the tv cameras were done because he would just say what he wanted to say for tv and uh, and then we would ask the real questions the five or so beat reporter so if he said if you said what about that wildcat package do you think Bob Jones can be good in that and he said i don't want that out there then the understanding was you didn't you didn't write that so that was the that was the give and take between open practices okay okay so that was the understanding and which i was cool with and which i, I still think should should be the case uh robert says i tell you my version but amanda is more likely correct he was so drunk he did not know where he even was if i had to guess the dude walked into the apartment and they got into a fight no in the apartment no they didn't that was outside that was according to the police report that he was he was yes
3: but that's according just to what the one guy said the only person that talked was the dude so we have no idea what happened in the apartment we have no clue no one else has been talked to. No one else has been asked, or at least not anybody else who's reported the story. There's not another side. This is just coming from the the drunk guy with the concussion. That's all I'm saying. We remember AJ Johnson. You remember that oh, whole remember. thing where everyone said he was guilty. He did this. He got kicked off the team. His career went, you know, into the four-year delayed
4: NFL crapper. Career.
3: Exactly and what ended up happening he wasn't actually guilty he was never guilty and i get that this guy has a punch in the in the mouth or whatever but you don't know what happened in that apartment no one knows
4: the crazy part of that aj johnson story was that's what that was like the catalyst for that big lawsuit against the university in i guess 2015 or 2016 which is what rehashed, remember right after he won the Super Bowl, that rehashed the Peyton Manning trainer incident in 1997, because that came back to light oh because of the u- lawsuit against the university, which stemmed from the A.J. That Johnson so case. Stupid. That, that was do you, Does anybody
2: remember SEC country? Does anybody remember Yes,
4: that? I remember that.
2: Okay, so I, 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 for a while on the side while I was hosting a radio show, I wrote for SEC country, and they called me, and they were so stupid. So stupid. And I would tell them to their face. They were just stupid. And I said, this has all been reported in 1998. The yeah, movie 96. 96, I'm sorry. It's all been reported. And they said, well, if you're uncomfortable because you're too close to the program. I'm like, does anybody know me? I mean, do you have any? I have
4: no problem. Google search of Knoxville News Sentinel articles at the time. Well, these guys,
2: these guys were all in there. Well, one was stupid, just all out stupid. And he was my age. And the other guys were in their mid-20s, so it was the first they had heard about it. So it was a big monster deal to them. Peyton Manning, oh my gosh, because he's still playing in the NFL. Mooney, oh my gosh, did he sit on her and all this stuff? And it's just like,
4: oh my gosh. Um, nobody understood that, because that, it was a resue in 2003, and that's when she brought all the more disturbing details. But again, you throw everything you can at a lawsuit, and then Peyton Manning settled. And the reason he settled, like, I'm sure if he thought that those details were going to come back out, he'd have faulted in court because he probably would have won.
2: Well, that was, <laughs> Peyton, but that was Peyton Manning's fault because he included a reference to her in the book. So, yeah, when, which was a dumb thing to do. Yeah. When they came Don't to the, that, yeah, when they came to the first settlement, they were both supposed to keep their mouths shut.
4: <sighs> mm-hmm. so Peyton
2: Manning is the one that opened it up the second time with his book Pedigo chattanooga locally owned store where you'll be treated like family the region's foremost electric bike experts they put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike and get the most out of it for many years to come you've got to check them out if you order an e-bike just online i am going to go ahead and tell you that you're not going to have service if you need it and you're getting an inferior product so i tell you who would get to the bottom of this again Pedigo chattanooga tj hooker would get to the bottom of this
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh and also i want to point out in amanda's fence too you're right and it is one-sided and you guys are both right that's because Jalen mccullough is not talking and he shouldn't talk without a lawyer present because i will say my friend is a defense attorney and he's like i don't care how innocent you are you don't say a word without Thank a lawyer you.
3: Yeah. that's and, what i said
4: did you yeah. hear
2: what, did you hear the audio what the other guy said
4: no i haven't heard the. yeah audio. If,
2: yeah the audio is a. <laughs>
3: was it really so the drunk oh, concussed oh, oh, person
2: oh because he got punched in the mouth it was a joke oh,
3: oh i thought it was because he was drunk and concussed
2: no <laughs> so it was it was a joke he didn't it was like the cheeseburger thing all i got's a cheeseburger you remember that right the new richardson and
4: oh my gosh yes.
2: that was the greatest quote ever all i got's a cheeseburger
4: what okay. was in the mind of Nukees Richardson that night? And I forget the other ones who were involved. Um, and but, New,
2: yeah, there was Keys and the other defensive back. His name escapes me. I um, mean, if this was
4: Lane Kiffin's recruit, rising star receiver recruit, and decided one day it'd be funny to go commit an armed robbery on a gas station.
2: Keys Richardson, by the way, still <clears throat> the only player that I've seen straddle a punt, and he did it twice. He let a punt go between his legs, which if it touches him, it's live, right? He yeah. let a punt go between his legs, not once but twice in a month. That's pretty amazing.
4: That is. He's also <laughs> the guy that law, that like Lane Kiffin got in trouble for when he went to a public war with Urban Meyer. It was over recruiting New Keith Richardson, which is hilarious because then like six months into Lane Kivotson, your new, t- new Keith Richardson is dismissed from the team.
2: The 2009 Tennessee signing class, more felons than five stars.
4: One of the wildest. But that year was a vibe, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: year was pretty groovy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even do cardio back then because uh, Lane always used to jog from the practice field to his – uh, office, so I had to jog with him in order to get any sort of quote. It was a surreal year, and I guess that would that have been yeah. That was the 2009 class, and they mm-hmm. had uh, Bryce Brown in there, and they had a lot of dudes. But uh, Jansen Jackson is is serving time in the California penal facility for murdering his mother's boyfriend. But other than well, that, wait
3: till the 2008 stats come from the Florida team.
4: Oh, those are. All right. Don't
2: All right. Those be- <laughs> are
3: worse. Those are worse.
4: I was covering, I was writing for the Daily Beacon at the time in like 07. And Dave, you probably remember this more than I do. Wasn't, remember how gross it was? How much that floor, Urban Meyer held behind, hid behind Tim Tebow's like public spectacle of Christianity. So oh, yeah. That he was running a good program.
2: Yeah. There was one good dude on that team, and the rest <laughs> of them were just, I don't want to say the rest of them, but the vast majority of the other ones were just thugs.
4: And it's funny because there was an instance where there's a, like, I, I, it's like a joke. Tim Tebow, Riley Cooper, and Ann Hernandez walk into a bar. Like, yeah. that's it. That's the joke. There's no, like, punchline. <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> the punchline. It's all wrapped into one.
4: Yes.
2: It's
3: all wrapped into one.
2: Caleb, we'll have great stuff from you. We look forward to that on offthehooksports.com. Keep up the uh, great work, and we'll talk to you soon.
4: All right. Have a good one, guys. So, I mean, there was a reason
2: yeah. Lane Kiffin was able to put together that sort of class. I mean, there was there was a reason. And it was because a lot of them had questionable character issues. That'll uh, do it. Yeah. That'll so, do it. That was also the first signing day that I remember that drug on for weeks because he kept trying to get Bryce Brown to come. And there was a, a Jansen Jackson went a day late. The Mattress Place on Chapman Highway, 22 years on Chapman Highway, A-plus accredited member of the Better Business Bureau, over 225 five-star reviews on Google is phenomenal. Huge selection of the flippable mattresses. But the bottom line is they've got 30 to 70% off each and every day, and they're closer to downtown than you might think. Um, That's the Mattress Place. Again, the Mattress Place, uh, they are absolutely phenomenal. If you want to find them, and they're again, they're on Chapman Highway, very easy to find. You can go to their website, which is mymattressplace.com, mymattressplace.com. Please tell them that Off the Hook Sports sent you. Again, we only endorse people that we absolutely uh, believe in. Orange Blood saying there's no chance this stuff doesn't happen at Tuscaloosa. The whole town is complicit. Look at a (laughs) mantis. Response that they don't that they cover stuff up in tuscaloosa
3: i mean i think everyone does to an like, extent
2: i think everyone did i do think that tennessee because it's a bigger city and philip Fulmer made some some members of the police department very angry at one point for some public comments he made questioning the police i i do think that at knoxville there was more reported in knoxville by the police and now you have body cameras and all that stuff so i don't think a lot swept under the rug anymore it might yeah. be but you know somebody's going to lose their job if, if a police officer says hey you're bob jones the star player in this town we're going to let you roll and he's like oh sorry you know i mean
3: orange blood no like it's Just in May, May of 2022, an Alabama player was arrested. So, like
2: this day, and I don't think that Nick Saban has to cover up stuff because I think he's got enough good dudes. Uh, This day in sports history, brought to you by Brittany, who's awesome. uh, Coming up momentarily, and it's pretty strong. Give me two minutes. This is off the sports.
0: Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car, it's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
1: Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vassy Lawn & Garden in Cleveland. And get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute, and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
7: This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Udawah. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here.
3: Strong. Coming
6: out of the box.
2: A little much for you.
3: Well, a, a, a little much.
2: Uh tried again Tuesday, which we do each and every Tuesday, and I forgot to reference it, but tried again Tuesday was my was the kick returner for LSU the opening kickoff you're all you're in a rebuilding and that's why we we played the clips earlier that were fantastic with the cooper Maze. man that has to suck (laughs) so that (laughs) i just my wife's like after i'm trying to clip these things i can clip audio pretty well but i struggle with video still and i'm trying to pull these things after the like the 18th time hearing it i'm still giggling laying in bed uh editing this and she's like okay it was funny but it's not that funny, and I thought oh, it was still funny. By the way, uh, I think
3: it's fun- funny.
2: Yes, man, that has to suck.
3: <laughs> that has to suck.
2: All right, so um, uh, try you. What's I, your try again Tuesday?
3: Um, so Alabama's uh defensive player, I can't remember his name at the moment, was this asked.
2: Makes it more difficult when you don't know who the player is that's on try again Tuesday.
3: No, it's because it doesn't have anything to do with him, really. Okay. But he was asked, you know, is the guy that covered um, the, the Texas a wide receiver at the end of the game? And a lot of people are like, it's pass interference. The ball was way over his head. It was uncatchable. So you can't have a pass interference on an uncatchable ball. But continuing on, they were asked, like, you covered him really well. How did you know? Jimbo Fisher on the sideline was yelling the dude's. Last name, or the dude's first, he was yelling his name. It was, he kept going, Evans, Evans. Yeah, Evans, Evans, Evans. And the guy was like, well, I know where he's going, (laughs) because that's the name (laughs) of a wide receiver on Texas A&M's team. So Jimbo Fisher over there just yelling out the name of where they're throwing the ball. So try it again,
2: Jimbo. Try it again Tuesday brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue, the home of all the sauces and rubs you could possibly even dream of. It is right there. Owl's Nest Barbecue is phenomenal. And Owl's Nest Barbecue also has the Green Mountain Grills. Go tell them that Off the Hook Sports sent you, and Steve Ray will hook you up because those grills are phenomenal. This day in sports history, it's now.
1: And it's not turned up. Things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda Lafrata. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer.
2: Okay, so um I'm I guess virtually in love with Brittany. Who's Easy become
3: killer.
2: become a part of the program? I know virtually in love. So she, uh, there there was a book once upon a time. It was this day in Tennessee sports history. I think it may have been called the Ball Mac. And I've looked and looked for it and haven't been able to find it. And I even uh, have emailed Tennessee sports information director Bill Martin, who I'm sure has better things to do than find a book for me. And he's eventually said uh, that, yeah, I don't know where this book is or what this book's called. And I said, neither do I. So we were struggling a little bit with this day in sports history that we wanted to be Tennessee, Tennessee themed. And then uh, Brittany uh, joins us every day on the show. And we can't thank her enough because she created a spreadsheet for uh, UT related this day in sports history, a spreadsheet. Now, I'm a guy that doesn't even really know how to make a spreadsheet. So in and of itself that she created a spreadsheet was pretty phenomenal from my perspective. Can you create a spreadsheet, Amanda? Yes. Okay, okay. Then then maybe that part's not the impressive part, but this part's the impressive part.
3: It's all impressive.
2: Yes, it's all impressive. I mean, like you did you know that it has different columns? And it yes. has different places that you can go left or right on there.
3: That's a spreadsheet. That? That's a spreadsheet.
2: Oh, I I mean I I think it's cool. So uh, October the twelfth, nineteen ninety six. This day in Tennessee sports history, thanks to Brittany, Tennessee defeated number twelve Georgia for the sixth straight win over the Bulldogs. Some guy named Peyton Manning threw for 371 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, school record 11 straight completions, which I believe was later broken by T. Martin. Is that right? So, yeah, that's a pretty good his day in sports history. Meeting, what day? It was today, October 12,
3: 1996.
2: It's, today's October the 11th. Okay. Uh, October the 11th, we know what tomorrow is. Did you know you can scroll up and down on a spreadsheet?
3: Yes. I know how to work a spreadsheet. I know how to make a spreadsheet. I know Excel.
2: Okay. So, thank you, Brittany. Uh, So, I scrolled up on the spreadsheet. We know what tomorrow's is. Head coach Joseph Audley, J.A. Pierce, led Tennessee to a win over Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Association foe Georgia, by a whopping score of five to zero, the first Tennessee team to have a uh, head coach have also had five shutouts in eight games during that season, and that was back in 1899. So forget what I said about Peyton Manning. We'll revisit that tomorrow. And thank you very much, Brittany. <laughs>
3: Brittany. All right, are we doing message board bingo?
2: <laughs> Brittany is dang it, Dave. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Got a lot going on. All right. So here we go. Message board bingo. Yes, we are. We got time for one of those. Your opportunity to win some chill pills from Craft Treats. By the way, you go to Craft Treats and use the promo code off the hook and you get 20% off. How awesome is that? So we're going to take care of you. And all you have to do is tell me what team's message board this was posted to by what lunatic. No, you don't have to name the lunatic, but uh, you can. Yes, but uh, what just name the team. Uh, crazy said I drive a truck, never worked in any kind of office setting and I can work a spreadsheet." <laughs> I thought when I started reading that, I thought that crazy was backing me and said, I don't know what a spreadsheet is either. Oh man, my poor my poor former boss Lucy your
3: poor wife.
2: My poor former boss Lucy, when she's like she was trying to explain a spreadsheet to me at one point and it just didn't happen. All right. So Amanda, really? she's, she's, she's a blessed soul. She is incredible for tolerating me. Uh, let's go to message board bingo, which is now.
3: All right. So this is an sec school. I have to say that because it's not very, uh, it's going to be easy to guess. So our coach's okay, neck hair. Okay. Our coach's neck hair. Does he shave it or does he need the bye week to find time? That's it. That's, that's, that's the post. I think I know
2: who it is. <clears throat> I think I know who it is. Please like, subscri- uh, subscribe, share. Comment. Do love that stuff. Alright, so you got ten seconds. Five. This is where it gets intense. Harry. Brandon said Kentucky. I'm going to go with, and Crazy said the best one yet. Good job. I'm going to go with Sam Pittman. No. Who was it?
3: Kirby Smart, Georgia.
2: Does he have neck hair?
3: Apparently. I don't know. I don't know. It's just funny to me.
2: Brittany was thinking Arkansas as well. Sam Pittman just, I I don't know that he has neck hair or that he has it trimmed. But he looks like a hairy individual to me, like the type of guy really. you would see in a, in a gym at the a locker room. And Billy
3: Napier is is who looks hairy to me. I mean, he does. He just looks like he's hairy.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I was around a former Tennessee quarterback one time and <clears throat> uh, doing uh, a media event. And he just decided to uh, pull his his shirt down and goes, look, to this random lady, I did some manscaping. (laughs) It's like very surreal.
3: Was he a former Tennessee quarterback at the time? Yes. Okay, I know who it is.
2: You know, the manscaping habits of former Tennessee quarterbacks?
3: No, I can just guess who would be that stupid.
2: (laughs) Okay, have a fantastic day, everyone. Off the hook sports complete coverage <clears throat> of Tennessee when they meet with the media this afternoon. It is going to be extensive coverage that you can't get anywhere else without a subscription fee. How about that? Off the hook She's Amanda Lafrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. Have a blessed day, everyone. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.